The following presentation is brought to you by the KMmedia.pro network. Each channel is created to provide highly engaging and fascinating content presented in an entertaining light just for you. Please visit www.kmmedia.pro for complete information. So now, stay right where you are as we present. If you want to find the secrets to the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Nikola Tesla. In Think Energy, Dana Parker and I, Kevin McDonald, will delve deep into the world of energy and vibration. We will present great guests who are able to use energy in a positive, healing way. Be it NLP, Reiki, mediumship, energy healing, spirit communication, and many more modalities. Our intention is to create a safe space for all of us to understand that everything is just, well, energy. And welcome to the show, everybody. Part two of our Friday afternoon on uh, uh, Positive Talk Radio, which is, and, and KMedia.pro, which is, which is Think Energy. And Dana Parker still is with me. We were on KKNW 1150 AM last hour, and now we're here in our own forum, and we've got a great guest for you today. Her name is Tracy Hemingway, and she is a, a really, really uh, good hypnotherapist, and she works with people and their energy and tries to help them do really great things for themselves. And, and Tracy, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Well, of course, you you are you are an awesome person that we want to have as often as possible. So um, now, now Dane is also a hypnotherapist, are you not, ma'am? Yes. Yep. I am certified as a hypnotherapist here, uh, and I have been for let's see, probably four years now. But I want you to to. Uh, follow Tracy and, and maybe uh, have her teach you how to do, do you do past life progressions at all? Yeah, I do. Do you do uh, life between live progressions? I have not done that actually. Uh, Tracy has, and uh, she's, she's really good at it. And Tracy explain exactly what that is. So life between lives is when you go into a past life regression and then at the end of the, that life, you proceed into the death scene of that life and then proceed into the interlife or the life in between lives. And we explore the spirit world through your subconscious mind, meeting your guides, meeting family members that have gone before, getting together with your soul groups, and perhaps sitting in front of the council of elders. Each person's view is their own, but the remarkable thing is they're all very similar. Everybody seems to have the same experience. It doesn't matter if they're old or young or what their religious upbringing is. They all have the same similar experiences in the interlife. The important part is that tuning into yourself and your own spirit and being a part of your own spirit, soul energy, and tuning into that so that you can see what's out there and feel it, understand it, and make it a part of your daily life. It is really is remarkable. And I learned about this work way back when with a, with a gentleman by the, day, by the name of Dr. Michael Newton, who has passed now. I did have the opportunity to interview him at one point. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and Tracy and I were talking right before you came on, Dana, and she she wanted to talk to me because um, I said something to her the last time we chatted that that had meaning for her. I hardly ever have meaning for anybody, but this had meaning <laughs> That's for not her. True, so. Kevin. <laughs> you have lots of meaning in the things you say. <laughs> yes, you do. So explain what it was, Tracy. So last time we talked, you said... I believe. And then you said, nope, I know. And I have had that inner knowing for years, but I still am hesitant about going into a situation where I say, I know. Because when we're dealing with anything that has to do with spirit and energy and the universe and the big G word, everybody freaks out. If you say, I know, I know God in my life, they, they all want to, they, they think you're, you know, they want to know what you're on. So I was actually working with a client yesterday and 
she is so struggling with the idea of death. She, one of her therapists told her at one point, she is obsessed with death and she's terrified mm -hmm. about it. And I really channeled my inner Kevin to say, mm -hmm. I know, mm -hmm. I know through mm -hmm. all that I've seen that death is not terrifying. It's not scary. And it certainly isn't mm -hmm. yet. And as many people as I saw pass during my time as a hospital chaplain, it is such a peaceful mm -hmm. cross. And mm -hmm. I, I just wanted to thank you for that because you gave me permission to say, I know. And I love that. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Well, you are more than welcome. And, and, you know, I was thinking about that. I've been doing this for the last 20 years. And I've talked to tons of psychic mediums and, and people like Mary and people like uh, Dana and yourself. And I just know that the, the, the odds of it not being true just don't exist for me anymore because I, I know that it is, that it is what happens. And I get validation from people like my brother and my mother who were fundamentalist Christians. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the first things that uh, when my mom, my mom passed in July, and so she is on the other side now. And I asked, uh, I asked, uh, I can't remember who it was. Any, anyway, it, and it was a psychic medium. And I said, is my mom surprised? And she said, yeah, she can't believe there's so many people here. And she, there are people <laughs> there. So, so it was, you know, it is, I believe it to be, I know it to be real. I know mm -hmm. afterlife exists. And by the way, our death most of the time is so much easier than our birth. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And hmm. we're welcomed home at our death. And it was very difficult during COVID when I was serving as a hospital chaplain, seeing people be die alone. Uh, the the mm -hmm. hospital had a, a policy, NODA, no one dies alone. And we really tried to have somebody present. But knowing what I know, I know they're not alone. That loved ones are mm -hmm. there with them or guides are there with them. And they are not making that crossing by themselves. I, I was blessed enough to know that even as a child. My mm -hmm. mother's mother, my maternal grandmother died when my mom was a teenager. But she actually passed in the hospital, left her body, went and with her mother and her uncle. And then she said, wait, 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 I got to go back and take care of my kids. I got to just set everything right before I go. And she re-entered her body and she explained it to her children as it felt like putting on a wet bathing suit. That was so and just, she just and she went home for a week, got things in, in alignment, seven children, mm -hmm got things in alignment and then passed a week later, but she did wow. share that with her children. And I was fortunate enough to have that story told to me as a four and five-year-old. So mm -hmm. it was never being scared of death never even crossed my mind because I knew, you know, grandma, grandpa, they'd all be there. I didn't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I can it really, to that. Yeah. Now I got to ask both of you, have either of you almost died? Like in a drowning situation, or not or in this like life, not not in a real death. In, in, in another one. <clears throat> I that's where to, I that's to... where my crazy fear has come from. From I have a crazy fear. There's certain waters that I get in that, in the past, had a lot of fear, and it's subsiding more and more. But that's the power of the past life regression work. So yeah. no, not in this life. <laughs> So I got I've got a little story I'd like to tell you too, and you yeah. tell me if you, if I'm crazy, crazy, and and that is I don't believe uh, in um, that. So my answer's already no, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, but before I go there, Susan would like to chime in. During one of my hypnosis sessions, I went through a death experience and came out laughing. I, I that I didn't <laughs> exactly yes, exactly. That is the really fascinating part about that work, huh, Tracy? Yeah, when you're doing it from the hypnotherapy chair, I've put so many people in that past life and taken them to that death scene. And even if they're having a 
violent death or a, a mm-hmm. tragic death in mm-hmm. they're like <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like really the before and the after is amazing it brings a peace and calmness into the room that is a whole nother energy it's it's really amazing so i gotta tell you my story now my story okay. So, okay. I'm, a, I'm a boy scout at a boy scout camp and this is on uh, puget sound and it's barnacly and really and the water's really cold and we were doing their merit badges you get when you're a boy scout and i was going for my canoeing merit or no my my rowing merit badge and mm-hmm. one of the things you do when you are doing that is that you have to flip the uh, uh rowboat upside down and with your fellow um three or four people that are on the boat you get it right back up again and get it back to shore so we mm-hmm. we did that now i was wearing i cannot i sink whenever i get into water and i and, and, and when I was wearing um, tennis shoes, I, I couldn't stay up. So if I, you know, pay, you know, I was wearing pants and tennis shoes, and and so you, it's hard to to tread water when you're doing that. So anyway, we dump the thing on its side. I I lose contact with the boat. I start moving a little bit farther away, and I start to sink. At that moment, I felt like I could see forever and the and the and it was not dark and 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 danger but it was like everything was opening up to me and then at that particular moment a hand came and grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and brought me back to the boat but i i believed that if he had not done that i would have drowned that day but before i drowned uh, my soul had opened up and was not going to be part of that experience that death experience does that make any sense to either of you? Oh, absolutely. In all of Dr. Michael Newton's books, he says that the soul leaves the body. It doesn't want to suffer through that. It doesn't need to, t- <laughs> to take all of that emotional baggage with it. It wants to preserve its energy. And all of the books talk about the soul leaving and letting the, the body go. What and so, and in your work with uh, dealing with being a hospital chaplain, and seeing people, I was talking with uh, a gal on Wednesday about about my my dad's experience on his deathbed, where he um, he he was um, in the middle of having a stroke, and it was a slow bleed of his brain, so it was just getting worse and worse. He first lost his um, the use of his right hand, and then he couldn't speak, and then he couldn't swallow, and as he was lying there, he. Uh, um, and my sister was right with me when this happened. He looked up to the to the ceiling, to a spot in the ceiling that was nothing but a spot in the ceiling, and he started talking, but it was in gibberish because he couldn't form any words anymore. Mm-hmm. And he was, and then he pointed to the to the uh, ceiling and was looking at it. And because of the, the background that I'd had, I knew exactly what was going on, which was that he was the veil was thinning. He died two days later. The veil was thinning and the people were coming to comfort and minister to him um, so that he wouldn't be scared upon his passing. Is that possible for you two? Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's when I say that I have a knowing, yeah. that's the, the basis of my knowing is it's like, I've I got one more story for you. My, my yeah. sister my sister-in-law was in the uh, ICU at the at the University of Washington. She had a heart defect, and it was and they didn't think that she would live into her thirties. She made it actually into almost forty, and uh, so she was in the ICU, and she kept dying. And they kept bringing her back, and in one time, like she as an example, she died on the toilet, and but they were able to bring her back. The day she died, um, my, my brother-in-law says that he was in the room, and the day she died, they brought her back like five times. Uh, she would die, and then they would do the things, and they'd bring her back. The last time before she died permanently, she woke up with a surprised look on her face, like, 
Oh shit, I'm back. I thought I was done. What the, what the hell? Why am I here again? <laughs> yeah, that would be my guess. I think I'd be thinking the same thing. Why do they keep bringing me back? Stop yeah. it. <laughs> Just let me go. I'm, I'm, yeah. So, so it was like, uh, it was one of those. Yeah. So, and she had a real surprised look on her face. So I know that these things, these things happen, which is why when somebody I know dies anymore, I'm not sad for them or I'm not, I don't grieve for them because they're in a much better place. They're having a much better time than we are. Well, I will tell you um, during my chaplaincy, when I would be there, people had passed. I, I would see them in my mind. I would see them right there. Most of them were like dancing a jig. They were like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. and we had one very tragic uh, abrupt passing and it was a husband and the wife was just out of her mind just yelling screaming she literally took off her mm. shoes and was throwing her shoes and was throwing furniture and and mm. security had to come in and and I could see him right mm -hmm. over her he's like laughing he's, he's <laughs> this is really funny and I had to yell at him in my head Comfort your wife. Come on. And the Get second over there. I said that, tears went off, calmed right down. He was like, no, I want to go. I'm like, no, you're not ready to go. Get comfort right. her. And yeah. I yelled in my head and it was instantaneous. Yeah. And I spent the next three hours with her and family members coming in to mm -hmm. see him because of COVID rules. We could only bring two in at a time. And yeah. That was going on, and I was in and out of that hospital for three hours with this gentleman, and who was so so loved. Yeah. But I would never forget that because he was ready to move on, and I was like, "You are not moving on without comforting her." No, help her out. You yeah. were like a comfort blanket for her. She she's gonna have a hard time with this transition. She needs she needs you for a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you that every passing I was at, with the exception of one, everybody was excited to go. There was yeah. a, a young person, an accidental overdose, and the parents said, take her off life support. I was there while the priest came in and did last rites. And she wasn't ready. And she did hold on for two more days off of life support, mm -hmm. held on for two more days until she was ready. Because yeah. none of us go until we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. We have that Absolutely. free choice. Yeah. Absolutely. But at the same time, most of us, and since most of us have done this before, yeah. when we are free of the body, it's like, oh, good. Now I can get on with it. It's, it's like time for lunch or something. I get to go home yeah. and, and have lunch. And mm -hmm. so, and Susan's got another question for us. Uh, have either of you had a client have a spontaneous metaphysical experience during a hypnosis session? Not during a past life or between lives or regression, but working on something mundane like trying to lose weight. Uh, Susan did. An angel healed me from all of her shame. Mm. Is that that struck That's a whole? Beautiful. That's beautiful. <clears throat> yeah, I, I absolutely think. Go ahead, Tracy. No, I was just going to say I will tell you the most spiritual transcendent events that have happened have happened in just regular sessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you give yeah. us an example? Um, so there was one woman, we were doing what's called a parts session where we're, she came to me because she was an entrepreneur trying to grow her business. And she's like, I just have these blocks. I don't know what's going on. And so we were talking to parts of her. There's a part of her that's the hard worker. There's a part of her that just doesn't want to do things, all this sort of stuff. All of a sudden, guess what? Grandma came in. Grandma had owned a small business. Oh, yeah. Grandma made rugs. Uncle Lou came in. Oh, yeah. Uncle Lou had a dry cleaning business. Grandpa came in. Oh, that's right. He had a vegetable. All these family members came into her part session to say, we were small business owners. Let us give you some advice. Mm. <laughs> and we weren't headed there at all. At all. He wasn't <laughs> even open to that. And mm. but guess what? There's a part of her 
It is her grandma. Her grandma is a part of her. Yeah. And her grandma was a part of her. And her uncle yeah. was a part of her. And mm -hmm. all of them. So they took the opportunity to come in, which mm -hmm. we weren't looking for them. They just decided to show up anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, and does that, Dana, does that happen in your experience at all? Yeah, I actually feel like a lot of, I would say more uh, sessions, especially now, the way I teach, because I've been doing this for, I've been doing uh, personal development and coaching and, and things like that, guided meditations for 12 years. I just got the official certification in hypnosis four years ago, but it's she such was an intuitive process. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, my birthday's on Tuesday. I, I'm, I'm older than you think. <laughs> um, I have a very wise soul too. I'm an old soul for sure. I feel, but um, going back to what I was saying, the every session is so intuitive. It is such an intuitive process. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about um, hypnosis, like individual hypnosis sessions or, or what we do is we're there to serve the person in front of us. That at least that's the feeling I get from you, Tracy is, you're there to serve the person in front of you. And, and just that story tells me so much about you as a, as a hypnotherapist. And I think it's so important to be there in those moments and things it it's being there in the moment and energetically being totally present to where it's going to go and flow and working with the client to um, co-create. That's what I tell everyone. This is a co-creation. You'll be talking with me. You'll be sensing things within you. I'm going to ask you questions if I sense things. And you're, you and I are, are, are doing this together because this is your journey. This is about you. And so every session is so beautifully intuitive, so beautifully um, guided. And that's one of the things I love about this process now that's so wonderful is, is you just never know what's going to happen. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, last week I did a session with a friend and, and my, one of my friends and her husband. And we did a session and I was floored. By the end, I, I was crying too because I felt so honored to be a part, uh, to, to witness and to be a part of the healing that took place. And, and they called me this week and they celebrated some big news and, and big things happening um, since that, that were directly co uh, correlated with that healing and that experience. Um, that took place and and it's just it's so rewarding to participate in people's lives that way and i think that that's what makes a, a good coach or a hypnotherapist is somebody who's there for the person and allows that intuitive flow to take place because it's about them well i don't know if you have this experience but i'll have people say to me could you repeat what you just said and i'm like i don't know what nope. did i just yeah i know i'm like let me rewind a little bit. Hold on. What came through? Remind me again, guys. <laughs> and try to pull it back in, but it just flows. I, I'm with you. It just flows. And there are things that come out and come through that sometimes I'm even like, ooh, I'm writing that down for me. That was good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and I love that. It's so beautiful. I love it, you listen to a recording and you're like, where did I come up with that genius thing? <laughs> right? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm glad that came through. Well said. Well said, guys. You got my back there. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So in in the scheme of things, and I and I, you know, and Tracy, I don't know you that well, but I'll I'll, I'll ask this anyway. Um, do you believe that it's that we get to, we know what we know of from the other side and how everything works within our limited capacity and ability to understand? Um, and the, or do, cause some of us get involved with, you know, like the Palladians or the, 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 the fairies and the, and the things I don't personally, I don't think that that's an important component of what I've learned and what I know, because it really has no relevance to, to what we are about. How is that when you talk about spirituality in its, in its entirety, how do you how do you separate the two, or do you, or or is it all there, and then whatever happens, you you know, like I I, I don't I, I'm stammering. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, quite frankly. 
All right. So from the intellectual standpoint, uh, in my training, it was 500 hours of training. And the last 100 hours was 100 hours on spiritual training. And I mean, I was taught what to do if somebody says they were abducted by aliens. I was taught what to do if they think that they're carrying entities with them. I, I was taught all of these things to do. I mean, 100 hours of training is a lot of training on spiritual mm -hmm. matters. But in the hypnosis chair, you never know what's going to come out. So mm -hmm. I am prepared because of all that training. I'm prepared for whatever happens. On the other hand, I truly believe, Kevin, that the universe, angels, God, whatever you want to call it, is trying to communicate to each and every one of us. And if your channel is tarot cards and you hear them through spirit guides and you hear them through numbers, you see that number on the clock and you hear them through nature fairies and you hear the universe through whatever it is, your horoscope, whatever it is, the universe is constantly trying to communicate with us. And there are people that are listening to this that are open. We're open all the time. I actually see mine. It's like right here. So <laughs> I don't know. I think of a water wheel how a water wheel dumps water and I've got a catch box right here. And sometimes I let that be open. And so it just is constantly coming in. And sometimes I have to close it off because mm -hmm. right now I need to be in my body. I need to be human. I need to let my <laughs> ego, you know, because I think of the ego is the bridge from humanity to eternity, that mm -hmm. bridge. I need to be in that bridge right now. But I truly believe that, it there are so many ways that you can be communicated with and it doesn't matter if it's tea leaves or crystal balls or fairies or trolls or whatever it is you believe in if you are open to it the universe will find a way to talk to you and communicate mm -hmm. with you and mm -hmm. just there's just no judgment on it whatever anybody sees feels understands i want them to know that i honor that space that they're coming from mm -hmm. that's may beautifully not, said may not work for me but it's great for that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I like to look at it and, and I'm right there with Tracy, no judgment, wherever you're at. If it brings someone joy, if they feel more connected to, to parts of themselves, or if they feel more connected to the divine, that is powerful. That makes a difference. And so whatever source that comes through, it's like they feel more connected to a part of themselves or a part of something they feel drawn or connected to, and it brings them joy and happiness. That's, you're going to be a happier person being connected to those things, you know? And if that works for you, do it. And, and if that's something that you feel drawn to study, do it. That, that, there's power in that because your emotions and where you're at and, <clears throat> and your sense of belonging we do know it makes a huge difference in your well-being in this life. And Susan wants to know, gee whiz, where did you guys train? I'm looking to train probably in the next few years. Uh, Tracy, where did you get your certifications from? Uh, the Florida Institute of Hypnotherapy in Tampa. And Dana? NGH, so the National Guild of Hypnotists is where I'm certified through. Oh, very, very cool. So, and, and you can look up NGH and find a local um, somebody in the area that teaches through NGH, and you can even call in and see who is teaching in your area. Oh, very, very nice. So, so um, Susan, you can you can go, and the, the internet will give you all kinds of good places. Now, are I since you both are um, hypnotherapists, I got to ask you: Are there schools? Some schools better than others? Some disciplines better than others? Well, I will tell you that when I went, this was seven years ago and things could have changed. When I went, there was only three state licensed hypnotherapy schools in the country, one in New Mexico, one in California, and the one in Florida. I'm sure that has expanded since then because it is expanding. But at that point, there were only three. My program was a year long and cost me five figures. And so I always want people to know that people who go for a month long training or a three day weekend, that's not the level of training I have. Mine was 500 hours and at each hundred 
hour mark, I received a different certification of what I was certified to do as a state licensed school. So it was 500 hours was that far. And then I've done a lot of continuing education since then, but that was my program. And Daniel, was it, how long ago has it been since you've got your certification? Was it, and has it changed? I assume that hypnotherapy is one of the real growing uh, business uh, one of the uh, spiritual things that it, that really is taking off and growing quite a little bit. Is that, am I right in that or? Right. Well, I think, I think that everyone, you know, has their thing that they feel drawn to. And if you feel drawn to it, find your place and do your research. You know, the, the place that I got certified through, it was a six month uh, certification with an emphasis in NLP, which is um, all about language and using precise language and things like that. And, I called in, you know, I, I found a woman in my area, but I called um, the National Guild of Hypnotists and made sure that she was updated with her certifications, made sure that she was well qualified and, and did my research. So um, I'm a big fan of it. And I, to me, I'm a lifelong learner. So I, I personally love, like, I would still go to and, and do different, uh, you know, add different things to my certifications. If I feel drawn, I'll do it, you know? So I love it. I think that, that you could learn, I mean, in the world of energy healing and hypnosis and things like that, you could be learning forever, I think. Oh, yeah. New things, new possibilities, add this in, add that in. It's like, it just never really stops. So that's the fun part to me. Now, Tracy, I have to ask you, there also is a thing about um, stage hypnotherapy mm -hmm. or a stage hypnotist. And I witnessed one and the girl that he hypnotized, I knew well, and she, I worked with her very closely and she did a cut and she didn't do anything uh, risque or, or something, but she acted in a way that he suggested that she act. And it was, it, and she doesn't remember any of that after the fact, is that real or is that all set up? No, that's real. Uh, it, we talked about that in my school, but it was more that in a group of 100 people, you are going to have at least a handful that are very suggestible. And mm -hmm. then you're also going to have a handful that want to get on stage, that like mm -hmm. to be in attention, <laughs> and they want to do what you tell them to do. So you're always in, in any large group of people, the odds of having a handful of people that fit that criteria, criteria are just, they're just there. So that's what stage hypnosis is really about. And it's about finding the ones in the group. I've, I've seen um, probably four or five. I've only seen one since I've been a hypnotherapist. And so I went with a whole different set of eyes. That was, that was entertaining. Uh, so it is, uh, it is real. It is real because that person mm -hmm. is suggestible and they, and they want to be on stage. So. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Actually, actually that, uh, cause you've seen, you've seen that, but that isn't what you guys do at all because no. you're, you're, when you're in a hypnosis session, you are in complete real control of your faculties and it's not, you're, they can't make you uh, dance like a chicken or anything like that. And it's, and you, you, so it's almost like a daydream, isn't it? I say it's like having three margaritas without the hangover, you know, oh, you <laughs> let all those boundaries down and, you know, you're, right. having, you're, you're really there. But I always joke with people and say, why would I want control of you? I can't even control myself. So <laughs> right. I'm going to try and control them. It's like, I don't got the energy for that. Right. So, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. But no, they are always 100% in control. They can lie to you yeah. in hypnosis if they want. Yeah. And at any point that they want to open their eyes and get up out of the chair and walk out mm -hmm. of the room. Does it to, to be a good hypnosis subject, do you need to be open to the energy and, and to be open basically rather than closed minded? Can, can you hypnotize somebody that's closed-minded or do they need to be open? My teachers would have always said, yes, 
I wouldn't even try. Yeah, me it's, either. Yeah, I wouldn't even like try. Nothing. You're wasting your money because you're yeah. not open. You're not you're not open and willing to receive. And so what we do, you're not even going to let in. And and so there's no way there's it would be a waste of time and money on your end and mine. And I want to work with people who want it, who are interested, who who really want to work with what's going on and what happens in the session and then application after. I'm a huge fan of integrated action after of, OK, now that you have this inside now, now what are you going to do to act on that and, and integrating that way? And those are the kind of people I want to work with. That's who I get excited about. I don't want to convince anyone that what I do uh, is going to work for them or that they have, I don't want to spend that energy convincing somebody else that they have to choose in. That's, that's their responsibility. And, and Tracy, you, you mentioned that you had this water wheel that's right here. Yeah, right that, here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Are you also, would you classify yourself as a psychic that, that talks to uh, the other side and that sort of thing as well? I would not. I do it all the time, but I am not as gifted and talented as so many of my friends that are. So I would never consider myself that, but it happens all the time where I'm in session and I'm like, who's this, who's this big guy? Is this yeah, your dad? Yeah. <laughs> and so it happens. It does happen. And it, like yeah. I said, at the hospital, it happened a lot. Um, yeah. But no, I would never consider myself that because I am, would, I am just not as good as friends of mine that are, that that's, <laughs> that is their calling. That's not my calling, it, but it is, it affects everything that I do. Yeah. It's a part of your work, but not the focus. Right. Don't you find both of you find that uh, being just a little bit psychic, it's like that old uh, uh, Donnie and Marie thing, uh, a little bit rock and roll, <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> um, being a little bit, Psychic does help you in, like I know in Dana's work, because she does a lot of coaching, that being being intuitive, another word for psychic, it helps her with her 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 base work of coaching. Do you find that it helps you as well, uh, Tracy, with your uh, hypnotherapy to to be able to have insights that that people can take away from some of the sessions you do? Absolutely. I don't think I would be called to this if I didn't do it. And it's funny because I actually have a, it's called the Hemingway protocol. It's something that I do of helping patients of mine open up their intuition because I heard about a year into my practice, I heard this great quote that said in the future where all the knowledge is in the palm of our hand, we can Google anything we want. The, the difference between those that are succeeding and loving life and those that are sleepwalking through life is going to be those that can tap into their wisdom, not their knowledge. And I, took, wow. I, went, I went home and I worked for a week and I put together a protocol where I wanted to open up people's intuition. And so I got 25 mm -hmm. volunteers. Didn't pay me. They came in and I had them fill out a survey before of 10 questions of how tuned in are you to your intuition? We did the session Then I had a survey that was immediately after and a survey two weeks after or a week after. And 100% of the people a week later said, I hear my intuition better now than I did before my session. And those that want to succeed, that want to get ahead. It's about listening to your wisdom, not the knowledge. The knowledge is, mm -hmm. Dana, you and I, we can get on our phone and enroll in a class at right. Harvard, you know, yep. audit a class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, knowledge is all out there. Knowledge it, is not power. Yeah. It's not. It's, I call them the big spiritual I words, intuition, inspiration, mm -hmm. ideas, imagination, instinct. Those are the spiritual I words. And you want to be successful. You want to be strong. You want to be full of energy and following, know you're on your path. You got to get in touch with those good I words. What, you know, what quote would... was that? Where, who was that by? Do you know? I, you quote. know what? It was a Tim Ferriss podcast from 2017 and it's a little bit paraphrased but that was the that was the idea of it knowledge is in the palm of our hand but those who want it and i remember he said something like 
It's not going to be the rich or the poor or the black or the white or the men or the women. It's going to be those that can get in touch with their, their inner wisdom, their wisdom. And uh, it was, so that's a little bit paraphrased, but it sent me home. I like rewound it and listened to it like five times. And it sent me home to, to create. And it's like a 30 step protocol that I've put together just to get people in touch with their intuition, because I think it's vital to everybody's success. And you're right. It matters. And if you, that, and that, and that changes a belief to annoying. Yeah. And if you know something and, uh, you know it to be true and it generally is, you know, uh, do, do, do you, do either of you get to, you know, like one, one eleven on the clock or, or, or 11, 11, or do you guys get those? I get, numbers? Three, three, three. I get, get five, five, five time to move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get 11, 11 or one eleven all the time. Yeah. And it's like, and I'll be thinking of something. I don't know how they do this. This is really remarkable, but they, they set it up. They also set music up for me. Mm. Yeah. Like music on the radio and stuff. Yeah. And, and Those it's, it's music like, angels are incredible. I don't know how they do that. Those playlist and, angels have got it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it truly is remarkable that and and they're all interested in helping us achieve yeah, the best I thing have, we can do. Kevin, I have hair angels. Why do you think my hair looks so good all the time? I got <laughs> I got really good hair angels. And I have Could wardrobe you angels. I need what? a hair angel. Send me their yes. name. I need a hair all angel. on those hair angels. <laughs> my hair angels say, are all on them. Hair angels. <laughs> hair angel. Yep, my hair angels are on vacation. <laughs> and they're not oh, coming wow. back either so i love and, it and susan says yes i've been on a healing path my intu intuitive connection is only getting stronger and stronger well yeah. it's like any other darn muscle you use yeah if you use it it'll get stronger yeah it is yeah that's beautiful and the I difference is if you know it to be true <laughs> So trust Kevin, it. you gotta trusting it is a big part of, of doing oh, yeah. that, strengthening that muscle. So I wanted to tell you a funny story about five 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 because we move a lot. Yes. We move every year or two. And so I always get the five 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 it's time to move on. And That's we were hilarious. moving a few years ago, and I even picked up my Kindle and it said five 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 on it, five fifty-five. And I thought, it's like six thirty. <laughs> and then when I look back, it changed to six thirty. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! That is yeah. hilarious. Yeah, so I love not, when make that yeah, happen. I really missed it to thirty-five minutes earlier, so it, I wanted to remind <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah. That's so beautiful. in your line of now, so I got to ask you: Did your spirituality come first and decided you to become a hypnotherapist, or did you become a hypnotherapist and then through the uh, details of the experiences you've had since, did it? did that make you more spiritual? I spent 30 years studying world religions, spirituality. I've been on this journey. I told you I graduated from the seminary and then I actually changed religions seven years later. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I in <laughs> the gamut through this and mm -hmm. I have, I, I know it's a lame hobby, but spirituality and studying world religions is my hobby <laughs> i love it i don't think that's a lame hobby at all <laughs> i think that is fun yeah it is it's it's an amazing thing in fact i've even when you were saying about learning i'm right now doing the psychotherapy through course in miracles course to extend Ooh. my so powerful yes so, powerful. so um i'm always learning but spirituality like i said I started at four and five years old, knowing that grandma died and came back. And, you know, and I, re I remember learning about Memorial Day in first grade and saying, Mom, why don't we go to your mom's grave? And she's like, well, why would I go there? My mom's here with me all the time. Why would I go there? And it was like, oh, OK. So it's been a part of me mm. from as long as I can remember. And so spirituality and, and having that connection and knowing that that flow was coming through me and and was only recently I learned to shut it off because it, it used to mm -hmm. come all the time. Yeah. And I, yeah. I 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> that 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 is really cool. So, in looking at the world religions, mm-hmm. how much do you think is really? And this is going to be controversial. <laughs> but, but how much do you think it is really spirit driven, and how much of it do you think is man made, control driven? Mm, that's a hard one because I, I, this will be kicking a beehive, but I do find <laughs> any religion that tells you to sacrifice and deny your happiness, your joy as a human, deny pleasures, deny all these things. Don't think those are good to me. Like the first tenant of Buddhism is that it is your number one job in this world to be happy. Mm. And Reason it's your number one job is because, Kevin, when you're happy, your wife's happier. When you're happy, your kids are happier. When you're happy, your grandkids are happier. When you're happy, Dana's happier. When you're happy, <laughs> your listeners are happier. Yes. And so your happiness is the number one gift you can give to this whole world. And yet there are other religions that say sacrifice that happiness mm-hmm. for one instead of embrace your happiness and give to all. Ooh. Mm. What do you think, Kevin? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a I, firm believer that, go ahead, Dana. I, well, this is something that I, I feel really passionate about because I think there's such a, a mix, you know, in, in lots of different religions, you know, there's, there's going to be a mixed bag. I, I think in, in lots of different areas. And so I think taking a look at what, healthy influences and unhealthy influences is really important. And so um, Stephen Hassan is somebody for any of our listeners, um, somebody to look at. He has a thing called the BITE model, B-I-T-E model. And um, he breaks it down into four quadrants, behavior, information, thoughts, and emotions. And he breaks down, it's called undue influence. And um, it's about unhealthy leadership, unhealthy control. And I think just being aware of that, being aware of what that looks like is so empowering because then you can take, let's say you are in a religion and there's things that you like. Well, then you can take those things that you like and then you can say, oh, you can educate yourself and know what unhealthy control looks like so you can let those things go. And then you're participating from this space, from your heart space, from what feels good to you. And that's empowering. That's what I like to tell people is be empowered in your space, be empowered in in your choices and educate and inform yourself and then participate where you feel joy. Yes. And and I think that that's so, so important for for, um, all of us to respect people where they feel joy and participating in their religion and you feel joy in yours. And I think for me, the more I stepped into honoring myself and loving myself where my spirituality was, um, the more I could do that for others. And here this, in Utah, especially because there's one dominated religion in Utah that's very dominant. <laughs> oh, and can't, so, can't imagine which one that is. Yeah, it, it is a very dominant thing. And so being in that space of just love for love and respect, but empowering yourself, I think is, is just so important. So, so important. I Mine is real simple. Any religion that separates people i'm not for if so it's if, us and the them yeah yeah if it's if it's my tribe versus your tribe if it's mm-hmm. we're not all the same if we're not the chosen people or whatever mm-hmm. whatever euthanism they choose to use i i just as soon uh say thank you and love you <laughs> see ya but i also want to say it's just the same as all of the other things if that's where you find your connection mm-hmm. and that is comfortable for you. I, For me, being raised in a religion was really good because it opened me up and then I changed yeah. and then I grew yeah. some more and then I changed yeah. some more. And mm-hmm. that's the thing is these people who say I was born this religion, I'm going to say this religion, whether mm-hmm. I believe it or not, this is right. what I'm going to do. They're the ones I feel sorry for. I, I, I I don't care if you change religions every year because you're finding your comfort zone. That's fantastic. Find what's comfortable to you. But when you Mm -hmm. get stuck in something and feel like you cannot leave, or especially Mm -hmm. 
condemned if you leave. Mm -hmm. That's there's no peace in that. Right. That's a fear based uh, choice. Yeah. And of course, Dana, when you left, nobody said, you know, you're going to hell or anything like that. Right. Oh, (laughs) I mean, you know, there there was there was a lot of that. And even in my own brain. But I think they also I see those things as mirrors. I see that everyone was mirroring to me my own fears. And so as I healed those parts of me and as I did my own inner work, it's like people can say that now. And I'm like, no, that's not accurate. Thank you, though. I can see how you feel that about you. Today. You know, I don't Tracy, say that out loud most times, though. Yeah. I don't I don't just say that. I, it's in my own inner dialogue of no. And I will say out loud, no, I don't believe I'm going to hell. I don't think that's a thing for me. And and then I could see how they feel that way. That's gone in my own head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if there was if there was a hell. Uh, that would, yeah, that would right. be the most fun to go to uh, because that's where all the good people would be. Well, uh, that's where all the, all the people I know would be there. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tra- Tracy, uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and work with you, how do they do that? HemingwayHypnosis.com has my direct email. It has my phone number on there. And I would love to work with people. I always offer a free 30-minute consultation call me, talk to me. Let's, let's talk about what's going on with you. And if we feel like we're a good fit to work together, let's work together. And if not, I will happily refer you to Dana. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Tracy, I agree. I would love that. (laughs) Uh, Ladies, again, thank you very much. I could, I could talk to you guys all day, but sadly I have obligations. So I've got to, got to wrap this up. But if you guys will stay right where you are, I'll be right back. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of KMmedia.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named KMmedia.pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other, because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.